Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. Because we all know that forests play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation in FSC, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. Today, we return to a topic that we talked about a few times in this podcast already, FSC's transition to digital audit reporting and the rollout of a new standardized audit reporting template which will make us able to identify risks, see trends and patterns that we couldn't see before. And of course, in the longer term, be able to aggregate that data into global data sets that can say so much more about the actual impact of FSC on the ground. We return to the topic because something has happened and we're pivoting in the tools and the implementation method chosen. If you're curious about learning more about the background of the project until now, you can just pause here and go back and listen to episode 3 and episode 20. Both of those also focus on the project as such. But we will also start this episode with a short recap before we dive into the changes. I've invited Joanna Novakovska and Steve Ball to meet me online to tell me much more about what is going on so let's dive straight in. Welcome, Joanna and Steve. And uh, first of all, Joanna, congratulations. You've gotten a new role inside FSC and you're actually now no longer part of the FSC's technology and information unit, but you are instead now in our performance and standards unit as a systems performance director. You will be looking into how we can digitalize our normative framework and streamline our standards and implement monitoring and evaluation into our normative framework so we can really measure our impact. Thank you for taking the time to participate in this conversation anyway, even though it's no longer your official role, because this is one of the initiatives in FSC that you know better than, well, anyone really. So can we start with you giving us a recap of FSC's digital audit reporting? What is it that we're trying to do? Thank you, Laura. So digital reporting is a project that is of extreme importance within FSC because it aims at FSC collecting standardized and good quality data from our audits on our certified operation. Why we need to do it? Probably our listeners or stakeholders sometimes came across our website where we actually already publish public summaries from such audits and they are available in a number of standalone PDFs. And that's exactly our problem because those PDFs are very inconsistent. They differ depending on which external certification body is performing such an audit. We have defined roughly a data scope to be collected in such audit, but we didn't give certification body a template or a standardized data architecture. And this is essentially what we try to do with digital reporting, to ensure the standardization so that we can get the data of good quality, standardized, and then perform real analytics on it, which today, unfortunately, is not possible. And this is something we've been working on for a couple of years. Can you just recap, what was the proposed solution and why we chose it? We planned having three key components. 
The first one was a Microsoft Word template where we specified standard data fields being then quantitative and qualitative. And of course, our base for that was our standard that defines this general data scope. Then the second component was adding which was serving as a tool for transporting the data between the template that I just mentioned and our database. Now the third component was web interface, which allows certification bodies to schedule audits. And also from this web interface, the public summary would be automatically generated, machine translated, and then prepared for publication on our website. Why we choose this solution? When we start the digital reporting more than two years ago, actually, we were discussing with few key CBs what kind of functionalities they would need and what would be the ideal scenario so that the impact on the current work would be minimal. And this is how we arrive at Microsoft Word and the add-in, because this is the format that CBs are using today, mostly. And uh, they also were stressing very much that they need offline functionality because auditors often are in the forest when there is no internet connection. Now, the world moved within those three years. And our certification bodies now are much more open for going for online solution rather than having this offline functionality as a critical one. Plus, they are not so attached to, to Word or any formats as they used to be a few years ago. Can you tell us what the update is? Yes, exactly, Noah. So over time in the course of the project, we realized that we are encountering more and more incompatibility issues of the Arduin in various systems that auditors and certification body staff were using. So this all led us to conclusion that this original setup being Microsoft Word and the add-in actually doesn't answer important needs from our users. So what we are looking at is replace the Word template with the web application, which would enable to enter data offline and have the functionalities that currently Microsoft Word with the add-in scenario had, plus meet some important needs that Microsoft Word plus add-in could not deliver. And uh, this data application will be developed uh, in 2022, while in the meantime, we are still in the great need of obtaining data and data that is standardized that we can analyze as soon as we can. So for that reasons, we have concluded that in the interim, we will simply respond to certification body needs and allow them to continue using their own templates. However, we ask them to adapt those templates to our data architecture. Simply make this data standardized and of enough quality so that we can still make the use of it. And in order to facilitate the process of adaptation of certification body templates, we will give them an Excel format which defines this data architecture. Steve, I think we need to bring you in here. You transitioned into the FSC Technology and Information Unit recently, actually. And is our new lead strategic, <laughs> lead strategic technology officer. <laughs> That's a fancy title, very difficult to say for a non-native. And basically you work to ensure that our tools align and that they actually fit with stakeholder needs and are user-friendly. And you now get to take on the role of looking at this Excel sheet and finding solutions. So can you just give us a brief introduction to what you're doing there? 
Yeah, sure. And, and thanks for having me on, Loa. I think Joanna gave a, a really helpful overview there of, of the history of where we've been over the last few years. And of course, how did all of that get kicked off? Well, we have this motion 16 back in the 2017 General Assembly, which put an obligation on us, FSC, and our stakeholders, which of course includes CBs and auditors, to produce data in a a standardized format that could be analyzed and we could get useful data out of it to monitor FSC's performance and how big an impact we have on the forest. Four years later, we are struggling to deliver on that. And a question that's often asked is, well, the CBs, they, they have their audit templates. They submit to us. Some of them submit the full reports. Some just submit a summary. They have to at least do a summary for the public purposes. And why can't we use that? And the answer is it's difficult because everybody is speaking the same language, but slightly differently. And when you try to compare these things systematically from one to another, you don't quite get the same picture. It's a bit like if I can suggest, it's a bit like uh, listening to someone singing Dancing Queen to the tune of Bohemian Rhapsody. It just, in the <laughs> end, comes out as a complete mess. So we need this data in a systematic standardized format that we can read and in fact our computers can read on behalf of us in order to make sense of it all. We want to start getting that data and we want to start getting it pretty much now because it's four years after that motion. We haven't started collecting that data. We've made a lot of really good progress in terms of understanding how that data should look like, how it should fit together. I think it's been an incredible learning process over the last few years. But now it's also time for the rubber to hit the road and for us to start getting some data in. So that is why we come on to the Excel spreadsheets. It's a simple, relatively low-tech, low-overhead solution. Everybody's familiar pretty much with Excel spreadsheets. You don't need a lot of training on them. And we can make that available, we think, at the template by the end of this year. And we're aiming then for CBs to start using that from quarter two, 2022. And here we're going to try and slim it down and try and focus on the most important things we need to get right, because this needs to be a usable tool. So we want to get a fairly simple spreadsheet template out there that they can start using that won't take a lot of work either to work out how to use it in the first place or to use it going forward auditors can simply fill it out at the same time as they're filling out their regular templates that they already use. So that's what mm -hmm. we want to do. And that will give us some data that we can start getting from quarter two next year. Then we can iterate and then we can develop. We can look at how do we improve this? How do we capture more data? How do we maybe address some of the concerns or interests of the CBs and the auditors? And then how can we fold all of this into the web app that Joanna talked about, and that is the longer term solution. Right now, Excel allows us to get data in a format we can analyze and we can make sense of. And I think that's a good win for everybody. So basically what you're saying is we will be asking auditors to fill in their regular template when they're on a forest audit, like they've always done. But on top of that, they have to fill in a template with some core data fields that we identified in Excel and send that to us. Is that how it's going to work? Yes and no. So yes, that is an option. And we do want CBs to have that option because they tell us 
that switching their templates around creates a lot of burden on them. They have to train people up. This is a challenge and it's, it's not a situation where they can pivot straight away. And we understand those concerns they have. But we do actually think that there is something potentially that CBs can learn, both from the Word templates we, we previously worked on, which we're still making available, and these Excel templates as a kind of reference solution, a template to say, this is how we in FSC see our standards and the, the data we're expecting back from the audits to fit together. And we think that, that could be useful to CBs and that they might want to consider evolving their own templates on their own timeframes. And one easy option that might make everything a lot simpler for auditors in the field is to simply copy and paste the relevant bits of the Excel spreadsheets that we provide into whatever templates they're using, because then they can copy paste the entire table back into Excel at the end. And, and that will be a lot easier than going through a, a manual copy paste on each field. So there are options there for them, and it's up to them to work out how they do it. What matters for us is that we are able to get this data in a structured, standardized manner, and then it will be emailed to us. We will extract the, the spreadsheet from the email and import it into our database. And this is then going to fit in with our new certificate database that some of you may be aware. I'm also overseeing work on this where we want to move on from our somewhat outdated implementation in Salesforce into a brand shiny new database based on Microsoft Dynamics. And that will enable us to fix a number of long-standing problems we know we have in Salesforce. And then we'll put the data from these digital audit reports all together in one place. So it's a lot easier for everybody to use. And then easier for Joanne and her team to use when they come to asking questions about the impact of FSC uh, certification on forests around the world. So I'm a bit wiser now. It sounds... Like there is a bit more work for certification bodies, but not a, well doable at least. How does all of this impact deadlines? Will we be delayed? Because we've had Joanna on previous episodes talking about that this will be implemented by the end of the year and we won't be impacting deadlines, etc. What is it looking like now? We have pushed things back a bit. That that you know can't deny that, but. The whole point of adopting this interim low-tech solution is that the impact on deadlines is minimal. And we hope that when we publish this new template that CBs will see that actually we really have tried hard not to overcomplicate things and make it easy so that then they can feel confident about sticking with this timetable and not feel that somehow we've changed the, the goalposts on them. And now they're having to work out again how they handle these things. So we want to make it as easy as possible so that the the impact on deadlines to start of data collection is minimal and we can start getting that data because I think actually that's the most important thing of all. And what is the new deadline then? Because it was supposed to be January 1st as far as I remember. Yes. Deadline. When we presented this new plan to CBs recently. We, we got some quite positive reactions and some less positive ones, but we were told that they needed sort of three to four months. So what we said, okay, we'll publish this by the end of this year, and then you'll have up until all of quarter one, 2022, to look at how 
as a CB, you want to integrate this into your current working practices with then the Excel templates use thereof being compulsory from 1st of April 2022. Okay. Joanna, can I bring you back in? Because we've been underway with this project, like you said, for three years now. And a lot of work has gone into it, both from the technology and standards units, from the national offices translating the word templates and the performance and standards unit on advice notes. And we had certification bodies piloting the solution. Has all of this work been a waste of time now that we're pivoting? Thanks, Loa. Not at all. So the shift made in the project is a change of the tool and not a change of the concept, of the ambition, objective, of the scope of the data, nor the need to produce public summaries in local languages. These needs are still there and the scope is still there. We are shifting to a much more modern and promising tool that is going to deliver these objectives. So therefore, all the work that you mentioned will be used in the development of the application, of course. We are not going to to let it be wasted. Steve, can I just ask you, because I guess a lot of that work in those first couple of years was really trying to translate our standards into data fields that could be used consistently across the globe. Can all of that work be translated directly and moved over into the Excel spreadsheet? Absolutely. And this is some really critical analysis that had to be done. And in many ways, I think is the bigger part of the work. Like, you know, technology is, is not straightforward. It, it does need to be developed. And of course, we hit these problems with the word add-in. But fundamentally, we now know the answers to many of the critical questions around how to construct digital audit reporting. So that gives us a lot of confidence. We can quickly get these Excel templates finalized and shared with CBs by the end of this year. But also a lot of confidence that when we move on to the, the longer term solution, the web app, that this also will be quicker and easier to develop because we know what the design issues look like. And it's just a matter of implementing them using a, a different technology. Mm -hmm. But Joanna, if I then was a skeptic out there and I've been following FSC for a while, I could come to the conclusion that this was yet another attempt from FSC to develop a new system and then having to really back down and start over. Is that the case from your perspective? Well, it is certainly not easy to let go something that one has been working on for a while and admit that what you have developed so far really does not fully satisfy your ambition and your needs. However, in my eyes, I see it as FSC being able to really take the stock of the development and make a decision, which is hard one, that prevents the need to back up when the impact of the system would actually be much greater. So we could have continued developing the add-in and provide stronger support to users that experience problem with it, but we did not want to fall into cost fallacy bias. And yet being aware that some of stakeholders may develop such perception that we are backing up, we changed the direction when it was reasonable and it was justified by learnings along the project. Additionally, I see it also as example of working agile is still new for our stakeholders and it is still new way of working for us. 
So we need to all learn how to bring Agile and combine it really with our standard setting work, which is very typical, quite rigid, uh, has its own fixed timelines, has its own fixed solutions. And, and bringing Agile into this picture is something new for us as well and for our stakeholders. I agree. I think this is an example of us trying something new in FSE, which is piloting stuff, really piloting stuff and seeing, does it work? And if it doesn't, actually choosing to pivot. Steve, what has the reaction been from the certification body so far? So we've certainly had some positive reactions from CBs when we told them that we were stepping back from, from the word-based solution. I think they still have some concerns around the processes going forward. And this is where I think as Jana alluded to, it's a joint learning process between us and them about how to operate in a more responsive, agile manner going forward with our systems development. And what we tried to do with the word-based solution was to craft something that delivered 90% plus of what we wanted and what CBs and auditors wanted all in one go. And that's really quite hard to do. And it's risky because you have to put in a lot of effort before you get something that you can then start using. So what we're now trying to move towards is a more agile manner of operating in which we may put out solutions that do part of the job. And we're all quite used to that these days, particularly in our, our smartphone apps. And we see how they evolve over time. And something that we all use on a regular basis now as well, Microsoft Teams. That has, over the last three years, grown a lot in its functionality. And and we, of course, appreciate that, but it didn't mean that it wasn't helpful three years ago. So you can work and can get good value out of tools that do part of the job, and then we can evolve them. And I think that's the kind of direction we're trying to move in, whilst not giving up on that long-term vision of something that really does deliver on a broad range of needs for CBs and auditors. So we're doing the Excel template now, and we are then doing a web application and one of the things that you were saying before is that certification bodies used to really strongly emphasize the possibility to work offline. And now they're not as insisting on working offline, so therefore we can go with the web application. But does that mean that we will no longer have an offline functionality or have we not decided on that? Modern web application technologies allow us to construct an app which is primarily designed to be used online, but still can be used offline. So whereas Word is saying, right, we basically work offline and oh, look, now if you put it on Microsoft OneDrive or SharePoint, multiple people can edit it at the same time and facilitating that review process. But essentially, it's an offline technology. And what we want to do is turn that around. So right, we want a primarily online technology, but with the capability to operate offline for, if need be, days at a time. I think that makes perfect sense to start online and then use offline when we need to. Joanna, if we zoom out to big picture, this whole pivot, will this impact the ultimate goal of the entire initiative? Yes, it will, but in a very positive way. Having a data application will give us much more flexibility to adjust the solution to, for example, new data needs, to changes in our standards, to some new initiatives out there that we would like to connect with. It will allow us to be much more agile in terms of data collection and defining the data scope. This is extremely interesting 
in the light of the fact that now in performance and standards unit, we are looking into redesigning of our monitoring and evaluation system, which includes looking into doing national or regional monitoring. That means though that we would need national and regional data. So we can imagine that in the future, we would have different data scope to be collected in different countries or in different regions, depending on what we decide together with our stakeholders is the most important things that we want to monitor uh, and focus our impact evaluation and performance evaluation on. So having the um, data application, which would be much easier for us to adapt to such ideas and implement them rather than having fixed word template, which would have to be, of course, then changed and released another time. I'm going to give you both a final question and I'm going to put you a bit on the spot here because I know that this pivot hasn't been easy to make a decision on, but I'd like to give you the chance to look five years ahead. And we now have the whole new web application implemented, etc. Steve, what would you hope to see as a result then from having this web application, from having digital audit reporting in FSC? What will we be able to do? So, Loa, I, I really see this as part of a, a broader transition and a new digital FSE, let us say, uh, fit for the 21st century. And I think that if FSE didn't exist today, the first thing we'd want to do is create it because it's an incredibly special and unique organisation. But then, having created it, I don't think we would create it in the same way that we did back in 1994. Technology has moved on leaps and bounds since then. And if you look at other supply chains where there is now ethical labeling going on, there is much more fine-grained data uh, and data management right from the plant growing in the field or the tree growing in the forest. If we don't adjust to that new world, then we'll find somebody else will come along and, and they'll overtake us. And then for all our amazingly powerful standards will be left in the dust. So FSC has to change. I think we've got a fantastic platform from which to do that because we've got a huge base of certificate holders and uh, a lot of consumer interest. We know that we're way ahead of other ethical trading labels in the environmental space. And if we can get the technology right, then I think FSC can really continue to grow so much further than where we've come to date. And, and that's where I see this all fitting in. So it's part of a bigger picture, along with things like blockchain, mapping FSE on the map and, and GIS portal, wood identification to improve the integrity of our system. All these things will come together and make FSE a, a much stronger system and fit for the 21st century. And we'll also be generating the kind of data that will allow Joanna and her colleagues to show the impact of FSC and FSC certification on the forests of the world. Joanna, what is your five-year dream? I can happily sign under everything that Steve has just said. And I will follow up specifically on impact and performance because the, the reason we exist is to change the forest management, to make it better, to make it safer. How do we know? that our standards that we are developing in such a big effort actually deliver on this mission and vision. 
at the moment we have limited impact data really to say that with confidence about majority of our forest. We have very specific studies that of course confirm our impact in specific locations, but it's not enough. We need to go broader. And in order to objectively assess our performance and impact, we need data, data, data. And this part of the development, the digital reporting, plus other initiatives that Steve was also referring to, combination with system integrity, with risk-based approaches, with all idea of streamlining, this all will give us data that, as a result, will help us to implement true performance and impact assessment. And, and that's for me is a dream to be able to say, to, to show on data, not only to say that yes, FSC is making difference on the ground and it's an important difference. It's our mandate to be a leader in the forestry sphere. So my dream is to really have a proof that what we do is really relevant. That's it. It's never easy to pivot a project that is so close to the implementation deadline. And I know it took a lot of thinking to do so. But I'm also actually quite proud that FSC has evolved so much over the last three, four years that we actually do pause and think and pivot. I've been around FSC for more than 17 years and I can tell you that that hasn't always been the case. And I'm also grateful that we managed to find a new solution which will allow us to move forward with minimal delay and with no impact actually on the overarching goal of the project to ensure that FSC gets much better data from the ground so that we and all of our stakeholders can make informed decisions about where we want to focus on doing even better and of course, so that we can provide the world with information about where we're having a real impact. And hopefully through that, we can encourage many more consumers and companies worldwide to demand sustainably reduced forest-based products. If you wanna get in touch with us or follow our work, I encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovations and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digital input at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.